0: What a fight card UFC 275 was on Saturday night. Fight card of the year, if we're calling it right now. Uh, I'm I'm ready to say I find it hard to believe that another fight card in 2022 will overpower what we watched on Saturday night. But holy cow, it absolutely delivered so much to talk about. Along with Will Brewer, I'm Colby Daniels. Uh, will, I've been chomping at the bit to talk about this fight card. It was sensational. How are you, my friend?
1: Man, I am fantastic. And, you know, there's not much to say, but like, Let's just get into it, man. I'm ready to talk about all UFC 275. Yeah, where to begin? Um, it's
0: almost like you could you could start in a number of ways. Um, I think most people would simply say the main event is where you should start, but I think there's controversy with the co-main event. Obviously, a future Hall of Famer uh, puts her gloves in the center of the octagon following her fight, but uh, as we typically do, we'll just start with the main event and... Uh, Look, I think this was everything we hoped it would be and more. I think both of us thought that there's no way this thing was going to go beyond a round or two. Um, I I picked Glover. You picked Yuri. I thought regardless of which guy won, one of them would find a way to finish the other uh, at least 10 minutes into this fight. We had a sensational back and forth battle uh, where you really felt like both guys left it all inside the octagon. And I don't know about you, but, you know, the way that I scored that, I had it 3-1 Glover going to the fifth. I had Glover way ahead in the fifth, and to me, at the end, like, I felt for Glover because to me it was the equivalent of a team with a lead, like, fumbling on the one-yard line and the other team picking it up and returning it 99 yards for a game-winning touchdown with no time left on the clock. Like, that was just kind of the feel I had as Glover was that close to finishing the fight. Uh, All that said, I mean, this is 100% the fight of the year uh, at this point, and I think for a lot of people, I mean, I I saw so many comments on Saturday night that this is... Got to be one of the the top fights in UFC history, especially considering the back-and-forths and and a title being on the line.
1: Yeah, so there's a lot to unpack with this fight. Um, I don't think I've ever seen such a good fight that made me so frustrated (laughs) for 25 consecutive minutes. Yeah. Because, let's be real, that fight shouldn't have lasted to round five with 28 seconds left. Both guys had multiple opportunities to finish the fight and it was so it was so weird because yuri's on the cusp of the title and then he does something so i'm not gonna say out of character but it's just like it was just so weird like why why are you clinching when you have him hurt yeah why are you why are you getting so close when you have him hurt and then i i mean this is what most people are talking about like yuri yuri had the uh Almost finished him on the feet in two rounds, round two and round three. Yeah. But every time that Glover had full mount, I'm like, oh, this fight's over. It's over, yeah. This, this, this fight's over. It's all, it is only a matter of time. Credit to Yuri for uh, defending as much as he could and uh, getting out of submissions, the you know the arm triangles and uh, trying not to give up his back and everything. You can tell like he worked on it, but there was just so many opportunities for both guys to finish the fight. Then what everyone's talking about in the – in the fifth round when, when Glover had this man hurt and mounted again on the feet. And then he goes for the, for the, uh, for the guillotine. I'm like, no, what are you doing? If Glover just would have threw one more combination, that fight is, that fight is over. Yuri was tired. Um, I know Glover was tired too, but I mean, he just hit him with such a solid combination and Yuri was on wobbly legs. He was barely holding it together. If Glover just would have followed up with another combination, that fight's over, man. Um, but, yeah, that fight was so good, But the whole time, I'm just so frustrated. Yeah. I'm like,, Bruh, this fight, this fight should be over, but but yet we're here in the fifth round. And then, of course, we know that I was I picked Yuri, you picked um, Glover. I had the fight uh, two, two going into the fifth. Um, so Glover, so Glover's on top of him uh, in full mount, and I'm like, oh this, you know, this fight's over. And then immediately, like a reversal, and then Yuri has his back and like no hooks are in, but he's got the choke. And I'm like, I literally said this out loud before the before the tap. I said, he's not going to finish that. There's no hooks. And the next thing you know, like Yuri gets up. I'm like, did he tap? What the hell just happened? He literally he really just tapped. It, it was insane. But that was an incredible fight for how frustrated I was for that whole time. That was an incredible fight. I mean, it was a test of of wills. And uh, both guys showed uh, tremendous toughness, grit, you know, everything that you want to see in a fight, man. that That's what that was, man. Uh, one of the best title fights that you'll see. Yeah. I mean, credit to Glover at 42 years old, putting it on uh, a young guy like Yuri, a young, exciting guy. And credit to Yuri for, you know, not getting finished. You know, we knew where Glover could win this fight. We knew where Yuri could win this fight. And uh, both guys put it on the other. And it was just a, a test of wills. And I'm not even going to say that, Yuri had stronger will than Glover. It just, I don't know how to really define what that ending was, but, I mean, Yuri just got to finish, man. I mean, that's, I don't know, man. Yeah. It, it was an incredible fight, though, for sure.
0: Yeah, uh, so many, so many. to my point, so many fumbles along the way for both sides, and then right as you're at the finish line, right, and the clock is ticking down to zeros, it's like fumbling and giving up the, the scoop and score, 99 yards. The fifth round, especially, to your point, is... Glover's just piecing him up, right? And every shot Glover's landing is having a significant impact on Yuri. And look, it, like, even if you told me, because I don't think him, I thought he could have finished him on the feet, but even if you told me, like, Glover's now going to take it to the mat, okay. But to do it in that manner where you're the guillotine of all things right there to allow him to get on top of you, when both of you are, t- like, it was just mind-blowing. And then even with that said, he still ends up getting full mount later in that round. And you just think, like, if he just lays on him here for the rest of the way, he's the champion, right? Like he doesn't even have to do anything and he's champion. And for him to not be able to, to finish the round out in full mount, much less start the round, beating Yuri on the feet and Yuri to get the choke while they're on the mat is just as chaotic as, as it could possibly be.
1: Yeah. I mean, the fact that Yuri was able to get so many reversals, I mean, I was pretty surprised by that, but at the end there, when he got that last one, I think it was just Yuri pulling something out that, like, that was just like his last ditch effort to just try to change the trajectory of the fight. And then I think Glover just literally had nothing left. I think that's why it was just so easy for Yuri to get that reversal because I think Glover was spent. Yeah. I mean, we got it. We got to think. Glover is forty-two and he's going the distance with this, with this samurai, with this, with this guy who's been hitting him with some crazy shots throughout this fight. I mean, Glover had to have been just. Oh, just overly exhausted. Yeah. Um. But I mean, th- what a fight that was, man. I mean, I, I I, had to get my, my rant out about how frustrated I was, but like now I'm thinking back yeah. on, I'm like, man, what a fight that was. <laughs> hey,
0: well, everything you said is totally true. And I, I, I feel that for sure. Um. I, I think like I was just so caught up in the wild swings and, and, you know, of Yuri has the momentum and then Glover has the momentum and just everything that happened that, I think the frustration in which both of these guys having missed opportunities came second. Uh, but yeah, I, I absolutely understand all that. And I'm, I'm curious when a little bit of time passes by and, and maybe some of the adrenaline that everybody had running through their veins uh, wears off a little bit and people rewatch that as they're separated from it happening live, uh, what the overall feedback will be. And maybe a lot more of that will be uh, wrapped up in the frustration rather than the bewildered like what the hell is happening here this is insane uh but what a title fight um you know two guys that uh I think at the end of the day either one of them deserve to be champion with that type of, of performance I did feel like like I said to me it was a situation where Glover fumbled the ball at the end when he was that close to the victory because again I had it 3-1 I know others had it 2-2 um but he there was no question he had won the fifth round uh and you know you walk away from that thinking more like Glover let one slip through his fingers, I guess, for me at least. Um, I, I don't know how many people feel the same way. I felt like it was more about Clover letting one slip through his fingers than the other way around. At the end of the day, I would love to see this fight again. Um, I don't know ultimately which way the UFC is going to go, uh, but this was a classic. And I also think, I mean, Yuri Prohaska is a very deserving champion and I think a problem at 205 because I kind of felt like Glover was the perfect combination of things to beat Yuri Prohaska. I don't know that there's another guy in the division that I like above Yuri Prohaska going forward. And, you know, we've had three brand-new champions since the longtime champion relinquished the belt. Um, we've not yet—well, I guess, I guess Yon had a title defense against Izzy at 185, but we've not had a singular title defense against another light heavyweight uh, since the belt has, has started playing musical chairs. So I think that uh, if, if they go another way, I, I very much see Yuri Prohaska potentially being a, a champion for um, a decent amount of time.
1: Yeah, um, it, I, I'm going to be really uh, intrigued by where they go because, uh, like, you, you have a lot of options. Like, you've got Glover, the Glover rematch, obviously. Um, you've got the smith Akalayev winner, which I, I don't know if Dana said this or not, but they, were, I guess, like, someone said, quoted Dana saying that, that the winner of that fight is going to get the next title shot. And then there's Jan Blachowicz, who... Uh, just beat Alexander Rockage. You know, sure, it was a you know, a, a win by a TKO of an injury. But Jan is still there, former champion and everything. But you know, I'm kind of thinking that um by popular demand, like Glover's the the option here. Like Glover's the choice here, right? I think if you put a poll up on Twitter of who should get the next title shot, I think a majority of the world is gonna pick Glover. But I wonder, as time goes on, as Anthony Smith and Akulayev are about to fight, and of course, like the, the uh, desire of wanting to see uh, Yuri and Jan, like we've talked about that fight for, for months. I love uh, that the, matchup. The, the potential of those two fighting, like I wonder if the longer we get removed from that fight, if um, things tend to, will tend to like swing another way. Um, I think a lot of it's going to have to do with what happens with, um, with uh, Anthony Smith and Akulayev. If we see an exciting finish or something like that, or something like that, I think that um, one of th- that winner will get the title shot. But you know, it just depends. I think right now, I think it's it's Glover. But you know, anything can happen. You know, within these next few months, and it all depends on like what Yuri's timeline is on uh, on his first title defense because that was a grueling fight. Well, he he said that he wanted to fight again
0: this year uh, in the post-fight press conference um he he basically kept pointing at his face and he's like as soon as this heals up I'm, I'm ready to get back in the gym so uh i would imagine that he's going to try and do this before the end of 2022 i think it would take something so out of this world incredible in the uncle eye of anthony smith fight for either one of those guys to jump either glover or yawn I, I i for looking at it from the ufc lens i feel like they would absolutely go yawn or glover before they would go uh, with the winner of that, because that that one's still waiting anyway. Like, that, that winner potentially could still be next for, you know, whoever's after the whoever's the champion after the next title fight. So, I mean, it's a good problem to have when you have options, I think, at the top of any division. Um, you know, Bo- Jan and Glover are both older guys, too. You know, there's no guarantee. I mean, there's not a guarantee with anybody, but there's no guarantee that uh, either one of those guys uh, is still in that picture a year from now, right? So... Um, I think it just makes all the sense in the world to either give Glover the rematch, uh, which would sell and fans would love, or like we've talked about, Jan and Yuri to me is, I mean, that sets up for a fight of the year type of, of candidate, you know, out of the gate as well. So that, that to me is a no brainer. Also stylistically, fans would love it. It's going to deliver the type of fight that people want to see. Um, and yeah, I, I have a hard time seeing, again, outside of something otherworldly happen inside the octagon, the Ancali of Anthony Smith winner getting that shot before either of the other two.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, in terms of my desire, I mean, I'd want to see uh, Glover or Jan get that title shot before Smith or Ankelaev. Um, you know, of course, there's like there's got to be like a pecking order, right? Yeah. Like, Jan is the... If Jan's not the guy, it's got to be Glover. If Glover's not the guy, it's got to be Jan. Right. I mean, of course, uh, Smith and Ankelaev, like, they're ranked high, but they shouldn't deserve the title shot over um, Glover or Jan at this point. Um, in my mind, I still think they they might need the winner Smith and Nikolayev, might need one more win uh, before a title shot, but um, because you know, like you said they're gonna they're gonna have to wait. Um, so why not? Unless the UFC promised the winner a title shot, then maybe uh, you just sit and wait anyway. But I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm I'm with you though. Uh, it's it's Glover or Yan for me. Um, I would love to see them run that back, but I, I tend to wonder. If uh, the fact that it was a finish if that docs Glover any, but I think the demand of you know the fans wanting to see Glover and Yuri run that back might just you know yeah. be too much, and the UFC be like, yeah, well, let's just do that again.
0: Yeah, I mean Amanda got finished by Juliana, right? And they're they're immediately running that back. I know it's a little bit different situation because she's a long time champion as opposed to first title defense, but. You know, if that had been a first round finish or a second round finish, I, I completely agree. The fact that it it nearly went the distance and happened what twenty eight seconds before the twenty five minute bell went off, um, context probably plays a factor in that. Uh, so, and and here's the other thing: like, I, I think Anthony Smith probably would get a little more traction if he were to win in spectacular fashion. Like, what is the overall desire, or what's the? I mean, what's the overall? If you're just looking at this from a business standpoint. Are you going to be able to sell Ankalaev as a as a number 1 contender? I think coming off of, you know, his recent fights, like I'm not trying to suggest that he's not one of the the contenders in this division because I think he absolutely is, but I mean similar to like we've talked about with Leon for example, like it's not like this guy is beating down the door with positive momentum. I mean the last time we saw him was in a god awful fight against Thiago Santos. So this guy, like I said, I think he would really need something insanely spectacular to even get the amount of of push Momentum-wise, to to even be in the same conversation, much less jump the other guys.
1: Well, I will say this: um, the, with all these guys here at the top of the division, uh, all I know is John Jones beats all these guys. I mean, I I, I wasn't sure at first, like you know, twenty eighteen, John Jones.
0: People. Yeah, I, I agree with you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure at first watching uh, Yuri and, and Glover, but after seeing that, I'm like, man, John Jones could just go back down and wipe the floor at these guys, man, but that's neither here nor there. But, 2018, John Jones uh, would
0: destroy everybody in this division.
1: Yeah. 2020, John Jones, too. The one that fought Reyes. Mm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but, hey, I mean... Hey, w-
0: the last two John Jones fights, like, you could argue, again, everybody has different opinions about the scorecards, but he was, I think, easily the least impressive fighter in his last two fights against Thiago and Dominic Reyes, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean... And course, now we have not
0: seen him in like three years.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a John Jones fan and everything, but there's there was a, there could be a case made that he lost both those fights. I remember being in attendance for Jones and Santos, and I watching it live. I was like, oh yeah, John won this easy. But to say, but when I heard it was a split decision, I was like, John Jones is really not about to lose this title fight with me like sitting right here. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, he won, but that would have been crazy. The Reyes fight, man, like watching it back. I I was I feel a little bit better about John Jones winning, but on fight day, man, I was I was as nervous <laughs> you know, yeah. in all of John Jones's fights, I was really nervous cuz like they when the when the judge said 49-46, I was like, "Oh no, there's no way John Jones won four rounds." And then to see him win, I was pretty there was shocked. There's no way but... either one of
0: those guys won four rounds. That's the most ridiculous. like that was there was one round that is even debatable. Like, yeah. the first two rounds, you can't Perfect. even make an argument for John Jones in the first two rounds, and you can't right. make an argument for Dominic Reyes in the last two rounds.
1: Exactly. Like, there, no
0: argument whatsoever. So anybody that had that 4-1, like, had their head up their ass. Because that was a 3-2 <laughs> right. fight, and your winner is determined simply by what you think happened in the third round. That's
1: it. Exa- exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, so uh, I had Jon Jones winning 3-2, but I, there was a little bit of bias, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know... John Jones needs to get back, but anyway, uh, I'm, I was really impressed by what I saw from a 42-year-old Glover and a guy in Yuri fighting in his first title fight, um, a guy who hadn't been that deep in in, a, in the UFC, and there's no telling if he had gone that deep uh, before he got to the UFC. So for them to put on that type of performance, man, I, I think the light heavyweight division is really, really gaining like a lot, of, a lot of fans, a lot of traction. It's starting to get exciting again.
0: Yuri is going to be insanely better simply from having gone through that war and, you know, dragged into the deep waters. Um, I think, you know, for as unpolished as he might be on the ground, just simply the fact that he survived on the ground against Glover Teixeira so many times at least says nobody's going to be. I don't see anybody else in that division dominating him on the ground. I don't know how anybody survives his, you know, the onslaught that he gives you on the feet. Like, I just I don't see where somebody takes him out in this division, at least right now. Um, I think stylistically, Ankulaev is probably the best matchup simply because of his ground game. But I don't I mean, I have not seen enough of Ankulaev or him take the type of shots that we know Glover Teixeira can take and did take to know if he can even survive long enough for his ground game to be a factor. Uh, And then even that said, there's no guarantee that his ground game does finish Yuri, because if Glover can't put him away, he's only going to get better in that regard. Um, Yeah, I, I think Yuri could be the the 205 champ for a while and and for me i think from a from just a an entertainment standpoint yuri Yan, we've talked about this for over a year now when, before Yan and yuri or yawn and glover fought we were like kind of to some degree looking past that one ready for the yawn yuri championship match because we knew yuri was next no matter who won um that to me is going to be such a fun fight but i i just i don't i don't see yawn beating him uh unless he just you know lands the one big shot but Otherwise, I think Yuri just completely overwhelms him. Uh, and then, you know, the Glover rematch, like, I think Glover has the right combination of traits to win that fight. If he didn't do it this time, though, like, I feel like Yuri's going to get better. He's only getting better and he's going to know exactly what to train for. And I just I have a hard time thinking that that fight is as close the second time around as it was this one.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm completely with you. Uh, I'll start with, uh, with uh, in terms of Glover. Um yeah Yuri's going to get better from this and those shots that Glover took in the second and third round I don't know how he survived that. I I think that this is going to become a case where if you were to fight Yuri again, he won't be able to take as many of those shots. Uh and that fight might get finished rather early, yeah. especially with Yuri probably getting better with his takedown defense and everything. Um as far as Jan, like we know Jan can wrestle a little bit. He held Izzy down, but Yuri's a lot bigger, um, and he's gonna struggle a lot more getting Yuri to the ground and holding him down than he did with Izzy. So uh, we're gonna we're probably gonna see more of a stand-up fight. and you know, Jan's got the legendary Polish power. He's got powerful kicks. you know, he's got the one hit quitter and everything. But you know with with everything that Yuri brings to the table, I just don't know um, Jan's gonna have to hit that shot early because you know if if Yuri's uh, gonna pressure him, which I'm sure like he he even pressured Glover, but if he's if he's gonna pressure Jan, I don't feel like Jan fights that well being pressured like we saw uh, with, with what Glover did to him. So uh, I think I would favor uh, Yuri a little bit more in that matchup. And with, with Angelaev, man, I don't really see him being a dominant. I know he's Russian and he's got the he's got the last name of a Russian and everything, but is his wrestling that dominant to where like we feel like he's just going to get Yuri down and hold him down for however many, you know, like he's not Khabib. Right. You know, he's not Hamza or anything like that. He's not anything that uh, we haven't seen before. So yeah, you're right, man. Yuri might be a long reigning champion unless John Jones comes back.
0: <laughs> uh, f- hey, I would love to see Yuri John Jones at this point. Um, sign me up. I mean, if, yeah, if, yes. if John Jones, that's wanted dang- to come back to two Oh five, I would say, uh, give me that fight over any of the others.
1: For sure. over included. Uh, that's, that's a that's a dangerous fight for John yeah. because it's a guy who's crazy enough to like not care about the reach, not care about the little um, oblique kicks and kicks to the knees and stuff. He's going to be pressuring you. So but that makes him more susceptible to, to takedowns. Right. But, you know, John Jones hasn't looked that good, that strong with his wrestling. I mean, he didn't with Dominic Reyes. He didn't with uh, Thiago Santos. So that'd be a really intriguing fight, man. But I mean, what the hell is John gonna do? <laughs> is is, he going um, to do? Heavyweight, light heavyweight? Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Is that your at this point in time fight of the year over Chimaev and Burns? Because I think we all agree. I mean, up to that point, it was probably Hamzat and Gilbert, right?
1: Yeah. So I, I wanted to, I wanted to be like, man, the recency bias. That's not put so much stock into this fight. But yeah, man, I think that's got to be fight of the year, man. Uh, I mean, just the all the the turns round by round. It's a championship fight, you know, and it went down to the last twenty eight seconds, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's the fight of the year for me.
0: Yeah, I I, I mean, after Chemiah Burns finished, I didn't think there was anything even close that was going to happen this year that could have dethroned that from fight of the year. And then, uh, you know, I, I said this last week, like I was so excited for this matchup. Now, I didn't expect that this was the kind of fight we were going to get, but I thought stylistically and where these guys were, I love this matchup. I was geeked about this matchup. And uh, even being as excited as I was, this by miles surpassed my expectations. So it's a very rare occurrence, I think in in any sport really, but especially in this sport where you can be like edge of your seat, excited and the fight delivers to the amount of your expectations or more. And there have only been a couple of times, like, you know, Gaethje Chandler was one of those where I was like, you know, I I love this fight. This is going to be one of the best fights of the year. And it delivered. But normally, I mean, you know, we, you may get good fights, but I, I think very rarely when you have a fight that you're very excited about, does it give you better than you expected? And, uh, that was the case. Uh, all right, co-main event. Did Talia Santos beat Valentina Shevchenko?
1: Ooh, man, there was one round that was really close. Uh, of those first three, like every like I hear everyone saying like Santos won one, two, and three, but there was one round that was really close. So when the when the cards were being read, I thought of John Jones again because this seemed like a John Jones type fight where you look you like the challengers just winning and the challengers is doing really well. And we're not really paying too much attention to what the champion is doing. Uh, but unlike John Jones, like Valentino was getting kind of controlled. So that's what made it a little tougher for me to to score. Uh, I was, I had it two, two, or I had a uh, Valentino winning three, two, um, but one of those rounds, I wasn't sure about. I think it was the second round that one I wasn't sure second about. Round, yeah. um, that, that round was really close, and like there, all of my friends, that I was watching watching it with. Thought Talia Santos won, but I, I didn't see it. Like when when the judges, like when the round when the fight ended, and Talia was, you know, she had the broken orbital and stuff. I was like, man, I really feel like the judges are going to give this fight to Valentina, and I feel like all y'all are going to be really upset. And sure enough, like, but then it, but then. They said 49-46, and I was like, "Oh, well, there's no way Valentina won four rounds." <laughs> and then, of course, the, you know, it was for Valentina, so I was very shocked uh, at that point that it went to Valentina because I, if it was, if it's four rounds, I thought for sure Tay Santos won because I didn't see where Valentina won four rounds at all.
0: I had it 3-2 Valentina, and to your point, I I had the second round for Valentina. And I think of the first three rounds, the second round was the one that I think was probably like, if you were going to score one of those for Valentina, that's the one uh, where I think it was the closest. Um, I, you know, I, again, I think sometimes like there's a case to be made for what you value in a fight uh, and how you weight that stuff. And like, If you really dissected round one, maybe like if I went back and watched it and we really dissected it, maybe I could open up my mind enough to say, okay, I can see where Valentina would get that one. But I I did feel like that was probably a a Santos round um, more comfortably. Round two, I thought was extremely close. I scored it for Valentina. uh, And then that was ultimately, I think, the difference in the fight card, because I thought she... Uh, absolutely won four and five. And, you know, part of that, I think part of the controversy is not only is there a case to be made that, that Santos won rounds one, two, and three, but also that Valentina won rounds four and five because of the clash of heads.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point because once that clash of heads happened, the fight completely changed. I mean, that, that headbutt really did some damage. And there wasn't just, it wasn't just that one headbutt. Like, there was another clash of heads after that. So I'm sure... Um, Talia was all messed up and Valentina just kind of picked her apart after that. Um, You know, Talia wasn't really going for many takedowns. It it seemed like she got really tired. Yeah. And it it probably was just because she was just in a lot of pain and she couldn't see out of of that eye. So um, that's when Valentina really uh, just kind of took off. So and, you know, who's to say if that if that clash of heads doesn't happen that we see more of what we saw in the first three rounds of Talia just kind of overpowering her. I think that's what really Um, surprise Valentina, you know, she's, in a a lot of these fights, she's been overpowering, like Chukagian, Jessica Andrade, and Laura Murphy, all these people that she's just been overpowering them, picking them apart on the feet. But with Taya Santos, it seemed like Taya on fight day was a little bit bigger than Valentina, and Valentina had a lot of trouble getting her down and holding her down. And whenever Valentina tried to get this fight to the ground, Taya was able to just reverse the position and get on top. I was I was like Valentina, like why why are you continuing to go for for a takedown? I kind of felt like towards like the third round when she kept going for these takedowns and stuff. I kind of felt like it was for her own like psyche, you know. I kind of felt like she was like I need to get her down to like for my own ego uh, because I don't really feel like the takedowns was helping her at all. Um, getting to the ground wasn't helping her at all. Every time the fight went to the ground, she was in a bad position, and uh, yeah, I felt like she definitely needed to keep it on the feet. I didn't feel I didn't see where. Uh, Taya was gonna be able to outpoint her if the fight remained on the feet. So I didn't understand why Valentina kept trying to take it to the ground. Yeah. But um, it was a it was an incredible fight. I mean, Taya fought very very well. Um, I don't know I don't know. You know, Valentina said you know she was she came into a fight with an injury, but uh, I don't want to take anything away from from what Taya Santos did. I mean, she fought so well all five rounds, and it just sucks that that uh, broken orbital plays such a factor in, yeah. in a in a fight that's that close.
0: The first round, uh, Valentina was really controlling her in that first clinch for a, a while, and I just kind of thought, okay, Valentina's going to pick her apart on the feet, and if she's got this much control in terms of like just overpowering her, this is game over. And then literally from that point on, after that moment passed, she was not able to really control her anytime time in the clinch or on the ground, and I thought she was in real trouble. Um, I, I, I think that the clash of heads absolutely played a role because from that point on... I think Santos was so worried about getting like finished on the feet. She was in because she couldn't see. I think out of one side. She was so worried about getting finished on the feet that she was literally, I mean, uh, like on on going backward most of the time, and she wasn't going to get a takedown from there on out. I mean, I think she was in more preservation mode than continuing to try and fight the style of fight that she fought in the first three rounds. Um, I think I even tweeted after the card ended on Saturday, main event, co-main event, run it back. Like, I'm, I'm all in on uh, Shevchenko, Talia Santos running this back simply because I think there is little controversy over the scorecards. Um, regard, I, I feel like it was scored the right way and the right person won, but I think there is a case to be made for Talia Santos. Um, the clash of heads obviously played a role in this. We've not seen anybody push Valentina in this weight class even remotely close to this. She's been such a dominant champion. Um, you know... I Maybe she'll go do the Amanda thing next. And if that's the case, so be it. I'm all in favor of that when you consider those to be probably the the two goats of the female division at this point. Uh, But sign me up for Talia Santos in a rematch. That said, I think Valentina, knowing the map now to navigate this, stays completely away from trying to clinch or wrestle at any point and probably just completely picks her apart on the feet. So... I don't know that the second one would be e- even remotely close cuz I think Valentina knows the game plan now but in terms of who deserves the next shot there is nobody in that division that I would put ahead of Atalia Santos rematch.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you. I think that uh they should definitely run this back um but with you know with, with Talia having the broken orbital and yeah. you know not knowing like how long Talia could potentially be out um I think that opens the door for Valentina, who who didn't really take too much damage uh, to fight, you know, uh, uh, Misha Tate if she beats Lauren Murphy or um, to go up after uh, Amanda and Juliana fight. I, I think she's mentioned she mentioned both of those names um, in the uh, in her post fight press conference and everything. So uh, I, as much as I would love to see Taya Santos get the rematch because the fight was so close, um, I, I think that is probably going to go towards. Um Misha Tate, because she's such a big name, and then uh, the the storyline of, of Valentina getting a second belt, uh, that's gonna take precedent over you know Taya Santos getting a getting a rematch. So uh, again, like I think as 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 time moves as we get further removed from this fight, I think we're gonna hear more about Misha Tate and the possibility of, of Valentina getting a second belt than uh, Taya Santos.
0: if Juliana Pena beats Amanda again and Misha Tate loses, what then? Because I, 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 mean, zero part of me wants to see another Lauren Murphy matchup, right? Um, I mean, yeah. is it Juliana Pena? Yeah. Do, does she go for the champ, champ think, status against Juliana?
1: Yeah, I think, I think, I think that gives her even more of a reason to go up and uh, and fight uh, for the second belt because she's beat Juliana before, yeah. and I, I'm not going to say it's a favorable matchup after what we saw Taya Santos do, but I mean, she's beat her before, and there's a, there's a level of confidence. That goes into, um, you know, when you've beaten somebody before. Sure, you know, Juliana took her down um, pretty easily in that fight, and Valentina was able to show off uh, what she could do off her back. But um, I think that I think if Juliana wins, I think the winner of that fight with Juliana and Amanda, I think Valentina should go up and and try to get that second belt. What you know, both both of those fights I think are good for uh, Valentina at this point. I'm here for it.
0: All right. Unfortunately, uh, Jay check will calls it a career. Um, this was a really exciting fight that we were all I, I think, um, you know, years in the making ready for. Um, I think it was exciting, but I don't know how many exciting moments uh were on Iwana's side of things. Uh kind of felt like uh Lee Li was firmly in control of this. You get the highlight KO at the end, um, which was the punctuation mark, but uh you know, I I, I I want to talk about Zhang Wei Li in a moment, but um, what a career for Joanna And uh, you know, again, that that fight just just the opportunity to see those two in the octagon again together was well worth the wait.
1: Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> you know, just you know, for my fandom of Joanna of man, um, the first time like women are introduced into the sport, you see Ronda Rousey, she's barring everybody. You know, Miesha Tate comes along and. Um, um, then you introduce the straw weights and you get the ultimate fighter. You see Carlos Barza, Rose Nabiunis, and everything. Carlos Barza wins it. But when when I first saw Joanna, like she came in just looking hungry. Like there was uh, a certain swagger to her. Like um, like she knew like I'm about to get in her face and uh, I'm about to overwhelm her. Like she she knew what her game plan was in all these fights and she went. Um and she went crazy on this division man like I'll never forget watching uh her versus Carla and after seeing how dominant Carla was like she was such a heavy favorite in that fight and then just to see how Joanna picked her apart and just stuffed all of Carla's takedowns like Carla was so desperate trying to get Joanna down and then Joanna just went off on Carla and, and took the title and then the long the long reigning rain, champion that she was um defending the title I think 5 times until she ran into Rose like all of her fights were were exciting. There was there was no dud like Rose and Carla. Like Joanna right. went out there and she was going out there to bang, no matter who it was against. Um, she gave us so many uh, exciting fights, so many great moments. Like we saw her transform from a hungry contender into a into a female star. Um, she she had not headlined, but she had um, uh, high spots in uh, Madison Square Garden two different times. So you know you know she's made a lot of money. Um, man, you know, she's, she's the strawweight queen, man. I mean, still to this day, even though she got knocked out, she's a strawweight queen. She put this division on the map. Uh, I mean, Joanna had such a fantastic career, uh, for it to end like that. Um, at least she went out on a shield, man. She went out, she was going down and she was throwing a punch. I mean, the, I mean, if there's any silver lining to this, I mean, I guess it's that she went out, uh, like a champion in, in Ioana fashion. Uh, but you know, for me, I knew that this fight was going to be really, really tough for Joanna after taking two years off. And Wei just continued to get better. Like those fights with Rose and even the fight with Joanna was such were so high level, like you're getting high level training and you're getting better every day. I think Joanna was kind of had one foot in, one foot out. Like, you know, she mentioned being a businesswoman and and all this stuff. Like I didn't see the same hungry killer that I saw when she first burst onto the scene. You know, I saw someone who had accomplished everything that she set out to do but was just looking for one more crack at the title um but you know Wei Li just got so much better from the time that she became champion uh till now like that is a completely different beast <laughs> that we that we saw on Saturday and uh at this point I, I don't know I don't know if there's going to be anybody out there that can mess with Wei Li um
0: she's on the on the Rushmore right of female fighters I mean it's got to be Amanda Valentina Ronda
1: and Joanna, right you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Like that—that that would be my list, but I think you have to like kind of put Cyborg in there somewhere. But
0: oh yeah, that's true.
1: But like, who do you take out? Who do you take out? You know? Yeah, um, I don't know
0: that I could put her ahead of any one of those. Like, I, I think she's exactly. probably deserving, but I can't. I can't legitimately sure. make a case for her over any one of those four. So
1: exactly. So um, I was thinking the same thing. Like, I, I mean, I would like to put Cyborg in there, but. You know she was a she was a featherweight champion, and at the time, like there was really like no featherweight division. Like they were just putting random girls in there uh, to fight Cyborg because she was such a star, but right. no one of really relevance outside of Holly Holm. But yeah, Joanna, dominant champion, uh, Ronda, uh, Amanda, and um, uh, did you say Rose? I didn't say
0: Rose. I said uh, Amanda, am I Valentina, Valentina, Ronda, and who's that
1: last one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Valentina. So. um... Yeah, those are the those are the four for sure. I mean, Valentina um, has
0: seven title defenses now, right? Mm-hmm, Rhonda had yep. six. Yoana uh, yep. had five. I think mm-hmm. Amanda had five before the Pena, and then she also had two at the featherweight. Uh, featherweight. Yeah, so.
1: Yeah, so that that's that's easily the Mount the, uh, Rushmore of the, of women's MMA for sure. I mean, what Yoana did for the strawweight division, I mean, and then what Rhonda did for women's MMA in general. Yeah, it's going to be hard to take those two off the list. Amanda uh is a double champion the first women's female double champion so you can't take her off the list and then valentina there i don't think there's anyone that's come along that's come along that's as skilled as valentina so those are the four man i don't think anybody else really can uh can take any of their spots
0: uh Wei Li, lee uh i would assume is next for carla esparza right and that looks like it it uh i mean she, I, she's deserving uh, you know i think you can make a case for rose to get another opportunity, but that fight sucked ass so bad that no part of me I, I, like that fight would be better the second time. Cause there's no way it could be worse. Right. Right. <laughs> but Like I, I don't, I don't want them rewarded with that. Like it was so bad. Exactly. Like, no, that, I don't want the reward of running that back. Let's Rose can have next, but, but you know um, and you know, what do you do if Zhang Li wins? Uh, Cause then it's like, well, Rose beat her twice. Like yeah, does Rose immediately after. get the third opportunity to get the belt back? Or like, how does that, right. but, yeah, I mean, it's uh, there you go.
1: Yeah, if 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 Zhang Weili beats Carla, I think you have to give Rose the third uh matchup with Weili because she's up to uh, and that's a fight that would still sell, but yeah, I there is no part of me that wants to see Carla and Rose fight again. I mean, even though I know for a fact that fight would be so much better because you're right, it can't get any worse, but. I know that Rose would probably fuck Carla up this time because she didn't, and she had every opportunity to in that first, in that second fight, but she didn't. But yeah, they should not be rewarded for that stinker of a fight that yeah. they put on at UFC 274. That that was just, uh, that was inexcusable. Um, they should not be rewarded for that. And like, what like do I want to see Carla and Rose fight again, or do I want to see Lee get a title shot coming off of that? exciting fight that she had with Joanna, that exciting knockout. I don't think there's any other way to go. And I think at this point, man, I'm not sure what Carla's going to be able to do to Whaley. I mean, I don't, I'm not for sure how Whaley's takedown defense is. Like we saw Rose kind of get her down in the fifth round of their fight, but Whaley is so strong and she is improving so much that I think by the time she fights Carla, like I don't think that Carla's going to be, be able to get Wei Li down like that. And then if they're going to be on the feet the whole time, I'm picking Wei Li 10 times out of 10.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, if that's the fight that's made, Zhang Wei Lee's a two-time champion to join Carla and Rose, in that division as two-time champions. And uh, there you go. And, and Marina Rodriguez has got to be like,
1: seriously? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. I mean uh, – when when the Carla Rose thing happened, I felt like Marina was definitely gonna get royally screwed because that opened the door for Wei Lee and Joanna. If Rose had um had beat Carla, like Marina Rodriguez was definitely next. But um I wanna ask you this though, because I thought this was very interesting. DC said that Wei Lee Jong was the is the most athletic straw weight maybe maybe he didn't even say straw weight, but he he might have said most athletic women's MMA fighter of all time, and I wanted to get your take on that.
0: Ooh, I think he's right. I mean, off the top of my head, I think he's right. I, I'm trying to think of somebody that I feel like just athletically gifted, explosive, all the things right, that she right. is. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that I would put above
1: her. Right. I, I was thinking the same thing. Like, I can't think of anyone like Rose. I mean, she moves well and everything, but like, she's not as explosive as Wei Lee. Li. Like, she's just Wei Wei Li technical Li is and
0: a, smooth and, you
1: know, great footwork
0: right. and all that. But she's not, yeah, at, that's not gifted athletically.
1: Right. Like we're we're talking we're talking strictly in terms of being an, an athlete, being athletic, explosion and all that all, all that different stuff. Like the fact that Whaley Li does like the cartwheel and the flip and stuff after she wins, like that's we're talking about that type of stuff. And the fact that she can do that, and the fact that she's jacked and moves uh, as fast as she does and has all this power and everything, I, I'm with DC. I I didn't I don't see any other uh, female MMA fighter. Uh, that's more athletically gifted than Wei Li Zhang. But uh, yeah, I was just curious on your take.
0: Andraj is the only other one that I could think. Like Andraj would probably be next, but I don't think she's nearly as athletically gifted as as uh, Wei Li, So, Yeah, agreed. And she might be the person I would say is the number two, at least in the current lineup. And I can't think of anybody that's not in the UFC anymore that, that I would uh,
1: hold to that regard either. So,
0: Yeah, I yeah, think that's I'm, a good point. I, I hadn't thought about that at all, but yeah, I think he's spot on.
1: Yeah, and, and now the fact that she's adding skill and technique to this already athletically gifted yeah. body, I mean, she's gonna be really tough to beat. Like she's she was really she's really early in her career, uh, especially in her UFC career. She got a title shot really early, became champion really early. Um, you know, it's gonna be really tough to beat Li Zhang as she continues to get better. I mean, it's she might end up on that Mount Rushmore when all is said and done.
0: By the way, is it Li Zhang or is it Zhang Wei Li? What are we what are we going with? Because
1: Literally, everybody says it different, right? Now I think it's that Yao Ming, Ming Yao type stuff. Like they go with the uh, with the last name first. So I, th- I think it's Zhang Wei Lee, but well, of which course, one, okay, so, so so is Zhang time.
0: or is Wei Li her first name? Like which one? What is her fir- actual first name?
1: Weili... Li is her first name. Okay, but like the last name goes first where she's from. Okay, so it's it should be Zhang Wei Li.
0: Okay, so in it, there it is. Zhang Wei Li, but here it would be Wei Li Zhang. Zhang. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they're
1: trying to be like correct in with you know how the how it is there by calling her Zhang Wei Lee. Okay. Like when she first was in the UFC, it was Wei Li Zhang and then they switched it.
0: I hear everybody say it differently, and I just like when Annex says <laughs> Zhang Wei Lee, I just go with Zhang Wei Lee because that's what Anik says. So uh but yeah, I'm I'm like yeah. literally like people like say it both ways and like people that obviously know. You know, this isn't yeah. like a random fighter where you know it's like nobody really knows what the pronunciation is or something like that. So yeah,
1: yeah. And even though I know that it's Zhang Wei I've probably said Wei Li Zhang a few times while yeah. we've been on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I. I it, it just it just happens, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I I you know forever I called Joanna Joanna forever, <laughs> and like I still every once in a while will say Joanna instead of Joanna just because like that was the way I pronounced it for like the longest time. So. Anyway, uh. All right. So Jake Matthews over Andre Fiallo. That was, I mean, especially considering the amount of momentum Andre Fiallo has had this year, uh, that was as good as we've ever seen from Jake Matthews, who is, is a guy that's had a lot of promise. Um, I am trying to remember the big fight he had. Was it Sean Brady? Um, rec- somewhat recently and,
1: uh, oh, um, Sean Brady kind of beat him convincingly. Yeah. 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 Um,
0: but yeah, this was uh, as big a matchup as he's had, I guess, since then. And, uh, Looked. I mean, that was by far. I think the best performance we've seen from Jake Matthews.
1: Yeah, you know, Jake Matthews is a guy who came into the UFC with a lot of hype around him. Like, I think that he was uh, he was supposed to be like the next Australian superstar, and then like he's had a lot of slip ups in the UFC. But yeah, that fight with Fiallo was definitely like his coming out party. Like, it seems like he just put it all together um, and got uh, a really tough Andre Fiallo, who had a lot of momentum coming in, was knocking out people you know he was just taking fight after fight after fight and jake matthews kind of took all of the all of the shine that Fiallo had and kind of put it on himself now everyone's you know bringing up jake matthews and and how good he looked you know you know now he's got a lot of momentum uh and you know this was a fight that he wasn't supposed to win at all this was supposed to be just another andre Fiallo knockout and then we go from there but um very very impressive stuff from jake matthews like that that skill like everyone always knew that it was there but it just never came out, yeah. and you know now it, it seemed like he just put it all together uh, on Saturday.
0: And to get that on the main card, uh, taking the place of the Manel Cop fight, uh, is obviously a big deal because that originally was one of the prelims, and uh, right. was it Bonterine, uh had Right. The, yeah. I think it was kidney issues or something because of the the weight cut and had to be hospitalized, so that fight was called off. But yeah, they get the call up to the main card, and Jake Matthews delivers in a big way. Um, I, they're both Australian, so they probably wouldn't fight each other. But I was trying to think, like, what's next at Welterweight for Jake Matthews? And, like, immediately I thought, well, the fight before him was Jack Della Maddalena, who was unbelievably impressive. <clears throat> um, you know, two two young guys. Let's let's match these two up together. I don't know that they would do that again. Uh, but uh, Jack Della Maddalena will. I mean, this is a guy that was a uh, contender series, I believe, last year um, and is now in impressive fashion, finished both of his UFC fights. A guy that I love this about him. And I think this is also helping him get a lot of traction. He's taking the opposite route of Sean O'Malley, right? And I mean, this has been a headline everywhere, like opposite of Sean O'Malley. He wants the toughest fights. He doesn't want the easy path to build. Uh, this guy's ready to to prove that he has the it factor, no matter who who you want to put in front of him. And he wants the best at every single opportunity.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you're already a contender series guy, so you're, you're going to get a lot of hype. The UFC is going to put you in good spots, but then, you know, you perform in the way that he's performing. Like, um... I don't remember if his debut was on the main card. I forget if it was, but I know that coming out of that fight, um, he was really, really impressive. Like that's the only reason why you know you get a main card fight uh, on a pay per view. You know, it wasn't a fight night. This is a pay per view, and he's uh, the first fight on the main card. And you know, there's no better way to go out and then to uh, do what he did, get a finish. Um, I'm excited to see what's next for him. But like you said, he's taking on any and all comers. You know, he's taking on all the toughest matchups. And, you know, even though, you know, Dana loves Sean O'Malley and everything, you know, he loves those, these type of guys like Jack dallin Mandalena, who's going to call out like whoever, anywhere, anytime. So um, there's, there's a lot of promise there for, uh, for a three named Jack.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see who he gets next and a guy to pay attention to at welterweight. All right. As far as the prelims. Uh, just give me your thoughts overall. Um, I thought the the Kulabao over Sungwoo Choi win was really impressive because I've been pretty high on Sungwoo Choi, and I thought uh, Kulabao absolutely won that fight. Um, somewhat disappointed with the Brendan Allen Jacob Alcoon fight, which was one I circled and, and thought uh, might be one of the, the better fights on this card, and, and a little bit underwhelmed there. But Brendan Allen, um, you know, for a young guy that has a lot of MMA experience, uh, just racks up another W in the win column. Uh, other than that, I mean, you know, overall, I'll just say, I think this is by far the, the best pay-per-view card of the year, uh, fight card of the year, as we, we said at the beginning of, of this podcast. And look, I think there are the next pay-per-view on, what is it, July 2nd has the chance to maybe outdo this. I also think, here's what's kind of crappy, by the way. So we have this Dallas fight card at the end of July, right? The two pay-per-view cards that bookend that fight card, blow that one out of the wall. like. The Dallas fight card is good. Don't get me wrong, but it, I think when you look at what's before it and what's after it on the two pay per views, it's like really, really. <laughs> uh, but anyway, two of the next three pay per views, I think, have a chance to potentially give us a another fight of the fight card of the year contender.
1: Yeah. So, um, qu- real quick on the on the two seventy five prelims, uh, Maha Shate, the the KO punch over Steve oh, Garcia. Yeah. I mean, that was that was a crazy uh, finish for him, and then. Uh, Silviana Gomez-Juorges in the fight past prelims got a, got a knockout over Ling Na, which was crazy. Uh, not, you know, you don't see many women get knockouts like that. And the fact that she was able to just fold her like that was crazy. But in terms of these fight cards, man, yeah, 276, I mean, from top to bottom, you know, I know this international fight week, is kind of like the WrestleMania of the UFC. Like they want to stack that card, um, as much as they can. And they definitely did that. But there was a, so much hype for the July 30th card, like the names uh, yeah. that were supposed to be on that card, like still. Like John Jones and Aid, Poirier, Nate Diaz, like so many, like Usman and Edwards, all the names that were supposed to be on that card. And then, you know, you, you see what UFC 277 is. And then the August 20th, which is 278, it's in Salt Lake City, Utah. And so now I'm kind of thinking like, so we want to make that card uh, you know, it's in Utah. Like Leon Edwards said, he doesn't even know where Utah is, but I yeah. bet he knows where Dallas is. Like, come Dallas. on, man. Uh, Usman's family's from Utah. I mean, I'm sure they would have wanted that fight to happen, but I think um, Usman's hand probably wouldn't be ready in time. So that's probably another story. But yeah, man, uh, 277 in terms comparing it to what 276 is going to be and 278 is going to be, it's a, uh, it's kind of tough to see it's 276, tough. 278 get all the love. And that's the one in <laughs>
0: Dallas, right? That's close to us, so it's like 275. Right wow 276 holy cow and then it's like 277 okay it's all right compare you know and then 2 Usman and Leon and yeah i think Paulo Costa rockhold uh, on that card as well there's there's also still some rumors about uh, a couple other fights that may end up landing on 277 uh, or or 278 so
1: yeah i just kind of like is hmm. 277 better than 270 though that's the biggest question honestly <laughs> i'm not sure man right i'm not sure <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna have to see the finished product. Yeah, um, the, the fight card that they put on the on the pay per view on the last pay per view or whatever, um, that it was okay, but it lost Luke Rockhold and Paulo Costa. So we're left with like Nunez and Pena. Then you got Brandon Moreno, Kai Car France, um, Anthony yeah. Smith and Akaliyev, um uh, Panto just fighting Alex Perez on that card, and then I, there was one other.
0: Derek Lewis um, Pavlovich. Oh yeah,
1: Derek Lewis and Pavlovich. Yeah. So,
0: I mean. I at least would say from top to bottom, names. it's better than 270. Yeah, yeah. But from I would say bottom, simply like having Nganu and Surreal Gone exactly. on the fight card probably outweighs anything that you know. So I, I mean, if you gave me the choice, I'd probably say I'd rather go watch 270.
1: <laughs> now I would probably watch 277 because I would be entertained from top to bottom. Yeah. And there's name and there's names, but at the same time, like the, the heavyweight title, like there's not Francis much and, yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah. Francis and Surreal Gone that matchup, like that that fight itself sold the, the fight card for me uh yeah so i don't know man
0: all right anyway uh, 275 was a blockbuster um you know i think some people started talking about uh i, I don't think it's knockout of the year but but way lee's knockout is you know probably going to be in the conversation if you're putting together like some finalists um i still think that's probably michael chandler's to lose at this point um you know fight of the year i to me it's uh yeah, I, I I can't imagine that there's going to be something better, but we still have six months to go, so who knows? Uh, and then Fight Card of the Year, like it's the London card for me was so good that uh, that would be the only one that I think from start to finish I can even think like closely, you know, matches this. But this was so epic on so many levels, and you you have the two title fights and and you know the trili- or the the um, second the rematch of of Lee and and Ioana, so. Yeah, this, uh, this is going to be a tough one, but the next pay-per-view certainly has the chance just from the star power and the matchups to, to maybe weigh in there. All right, so we have a fight night in Austin, Texas on Saturday, and Will, in terms of the points, we were even going into last week, we were on the opposite side of two fights. Um, we were 28 seconds away from me having an eight-point lead, by the way, but uh, when that fight flipped, uh, me having won the wei fight gave me a three-point lead you had Yuri, so it swung back in a big way to give you the two-point lead going into uh, this weekend's card featuring Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett in your main event in the featherweight division. So this is a six-fight main card that begins in the middleweight division featuring Julian Marquez and Gregory Rodriguez. Oddshark.com has Rodriguez as the minus 190 favorite, plus 155 for Julian Marquez.
1: Well, first, let me just say... I was so worried. Like, I was basically accepting the fact that I was about to be down eight points. And I was kind of just like, bruh, I really struck out on Yoana <laughs> and Yuri? Like, come on. And then the fact that the fight swung so many times, I think that's part of the reason why I was so frustrated. I'm like, Yuri, you literally had two rounds to finish this guy, and now you're all tired. But luckily, we got the submission. We're still ahead. But it was by the, by the skin of our teeth. Yeah that that I'm ahead right now. And I kind of don't even feel like I should be picking first because I feel like I'm down anyway <laughs> because, <laughs> because like Glover literally won that fight. Just Yuri somehow pulled something out of his ass yeah, towards the end. It was crazy. just crazy. But, uh, since I am picking, since I still have the lead, I'm picking first. So this first matchup, man, uh, it's very, very interesting. Uh, you know, Julian Marquez, he's had a few fights that have kind of, uh, that have fell off. Um, I think uh, he was supposed to fight uh, Kyle Dawkins. He was supposed to fight somebody else, and I, I I had him favored to win both of those.
0: Wellington Terman and Jordan Wright. Well,
1: yeah. yeah, Wellington Terman. So yeah, um, I kind of wonder, like you know, how he's going to perform, you know, coming off of you know so many times where he's had to pull out and stuff, uh, and he's he doesn't have a an easy fight with Gregory Rodriguez. Uh man. You know, I feel like Marquez. If 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 this fight had been sooner, like if if it hadn't if it hadn't been for these injuries and stuff, I'd want to lean more towards him. But I kind of feel like we might see a diluted version of him. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna go Rodriguez here.
0: All right. Um... I'm going to take Julian Marquez. I love this fight. I think this potentially could be a fight of the night candidate, Um, you know, other than the main event, which is the no-brainer favorite to be fight of the night. But um, I I think this is going to be a a really good fight. Um, Yeah, I think Rodriguez is is the favorite for a reason, but um, I I like this uh, matchup, and I I feel like there's a finish here. So one of these guys is is going to put the other one away, and uh, it it should be fun. But I think it's close enough that uh, give me Julian Marquez to be on the other side out of the gate. All right, fight number two. This is one that I've heard a lot of people talk about in terms of uh, just excitement level for uh, guys with uh, a lot of skill and upside in terms of UFC career. Demir Ismagulov and Garam... Garam is how I'm just going to say it. I'm going to throw out the last name. I'm not even going to try that one. I, I had it earlier, and I had, like, in my mind, at least slowed it down to where I felt like I could give a reasonable... (laughs) <laughs> I, like, I don't know the correct pronunciation, but I had it slowed down where I thought I could, like, at least give something close, and then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to try it now. No confidence whatsoever. Um, <laughs> Demir is the minus 160 favorite. Garam is the plus 130 underdog.
1: Ooh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I've heard a lot about this fight. Um, both guys are supposed to be really, really skilled. Um, Man. You know, in, in fights like these, you know, it's it's kind of tough because, like, I don't know. Like, do you know, have you seen either one of these guys fight?
0: So the Garam guy beat uh, Gamrot like two years ago. and That's a big yeah. Yeah. Um, and this uh, Isma Gulov uh, has a win over Tiago Moises like three years ago. Joel Alvarez uh, back in 2019. Rafael Alves in 2021. So
1: yeah. Okay. Um, I don't remember, I don't remember him fighting. I feel like I sh- I would remember him, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just go with, uh, Ismagulav Okay. Cause I can pronounce his last name. Very nice.
0: <laughs> I had just decided that, uh, I was going to go opposite no matter what here. And, um, that's pr- if I were picking first, I, that's probably the way I would have gone. Uh, but I think this is close enough. The odds say it's close enough, right? At minus minus one sixty and plus plus one thirty. that I decided I was going opposite no matter what. So give me Garam, uh, whose name I'm not going to, to try to pronounce, uh, here. Uh, You're going to pick the guy that
1: word. you don't even know how to say his last name. You want to try it? Well, I didn't pick him, so <laughs> I'm going to stick with the guy I <laughs> picked.
0: I, I like I had, I had slowed it down to where I was like I, this might be close but.
1: Cut at El. Uh, d- nope, uh, I'm out. <laughs> okay,
0: Kutal Taladze, Kutal Taladze. You just gotta say Kutal it Kutal Taladze.
1: I feel like that should be really close. Yeah. I mean, sure, Anik's gonna kill it, and we'll, we'll know exactly how to pronounce That's it. That's why he's the goat, right? Yeah. Ex- exactly, exactly. But he also gets those uh, those recordings. That's that, right. <laughs> that you could pronounce, you know, before the fight and everything. So, yeah, yeah, but this this one's definitely a tough one. All right, uh fight
0: 3 on the main card takes us back to the middleweight division. Joaquin Buckley and Albert Deriaev. Oddshark.com has Duraev as the -210 favorite plus 165 for Joaquin Buckley.
1: Man, um You know, I I remember him um I remember him fighting, uh, he made his UFC debut, I forget what card it was on, but I was really impressed by uh, by what I saw him that night. Um, Roman Kapilov. Yeah, Roman Kapilov. Um,
0: that was actually in the but, pay-per-view card that you were here for, the Blahovich-Tashera card.
1: Oh, that's right, yeah. that's right. Okay, I remember now, yeah. Um, and he kind of picked the guy apart for three rounds, but it was a really exciting fight uh, for sure. But, you know, walking Buckley, he's one of those, it just depends on what guy you get on the night. Like he's, he's so dangerous. Uh, but this could be a fight where he fumbles the bag or whatever. And, you know, he, he doesn't look the same. Uh, who do we just have like a week ago that is like similar to
0: walking. It was Alonzo Minifield.
1: Alonzo Minifield. The same
0: guy, right? Like,
1: yeah. (laughs) You know, like when they, when they win, uh, like they look so good. And then like when they lose, like, you just seem like, why, like, how does this happen? Like, how do you come out looking like this when you're, when you look so good the last time out? Uh, but I feel like Joaquin Buckley's kind of put it, put it together a little bit. Um, he's been fighting really smart, fighting. Uh, he hasn't, the only time that he's really like made a mistake, you know, he paid for it. He got knocked out. Uh, but I feel like since then he's fought really strategically Uh but, man, I feel like this is going to be a really tough test for him. Uh, man, I, I don't know who to go with here. Because, uh, you know, I paid to get some in the field. And then he comes out and just looks incredible. And I feel like, you know, this could, this could potentially happen with this fight. Oh. Man. All right, you know what? I'm just gonna. I I really want to pick Joaquin Buckley, like I really do, but I kind of feel like Duryev is gonna win the decision here. So my pick's gonna go with uh, with Duryev.
0: All right, give me Albert Duryev as well. I was uh, I thought for a minute there we were gonna be opposite I was just, on three in a row. I, I was,
1: I was this close. Yeah. I almost said I'm just going to go opposite you, but yeah. then I was like, you know what? I, I really feel like Duraya was going to win the decision. So, yeah, I, I was I was really close to
0: Derayev was one of those guys that when I saw him in the Contender series, when was like write that name. You know how you like just are like I got to remember that guy because that there's a lot of potential there. He was one of those that I just thought, I mean, a little bit like Jack Della Madalena. Same thing. Like when I saw him on Contender series, I was like, this guy has something, uh, and. Darius, and then he had the, the UFC win. He's only got the one fight in, in his UFC career. But uh, I, I like this matchup. I think it's going to be fun. And I think it's going to be a war. Uh, both guys are going to get hit with some big stuff. Um, but uh, I think Dariyev just more well-rounded um, to, to find more paths to victory. All right. Fight number four on the main card is in the welterweight division. Tim Means and Kevin Holland if Tim Means were to maybe commit a crime as he was entering the Octagon, this is a no-brainer, right? Because Kevin Holland is essentially a real-life superhero with the amount of times he's actually, like, stopped crime, uh, people committing crimes. Um, it's just wild to think about, right? Just the luck to be in the right place at the right time for multiple opportunities is just crazy to me. But
1: Yeah, like, how does that keep happening yeah. to him? Like, you're just sitting down eating, and then all of a sudden you're stopping a guy with a gun yeah. and it, two, two minutes later, like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> Kevin Holland is the minus 280 favorite Plus two ten for Tim Means.
1: Um, you know Tim Means, you know I I kind of like what the UFC is doing here with uh, with Kevin Holland at welterweight. They're giving him guys who are going to push him, who are going to test him, but still at the same time these are fights that Kevin Holland should win. Uh, Tim Means is more of a guy who um, size wise who uh, kind of matches up with Kevin Holland, and uh, he's going to make this fight dirty. I feel like. Absolutely. Uh, so Kevin Holland is going to have to uh, uh, refrain from making mistakes. He's going to have to be on his bike because Tim Means is, is going to be coming after him. And if this fight goes to the ground, um, uh, he, Tim Means definitely has good chokes. But I think that uh, with the size of Kevin Holland, uh, with the way that he's probably worked on his wrestling defense with you know after how his middleweight run went, um, and with his overall skill set, man, I think this is a Kevin Holland win for sure uh Tim Means is going to give him a tough test but I think uh, at the end of the day it'll be a Kevin Holland win
0: I love the matchup because Means is pretty well-rounded right he's not necessarily spectacular anywhere but he's well-rounded and he's tough can take shots and he's gritty and he's going to try and make this like you said a really ugly fight and if he can you know force Kevin Holland into the clinch and and things like that and just lean on him and and try and wear him out um you know I, I love Kevin Holland being in a fight like that to try and fight through that adversity. Also. Kevin Holland's really tall, I think, for this division, 6'3". Tim Means is 6'2". He's also one of the taller uh, welterweights out there. Kevin Holland does have a pretty decent reach advantage here, but um, 6'3 and 6'2", taller guys at the welterweight division. Uh, I like Kevin Holland as well. I think uh, just, you know, the distance management and and striking from the outside is the difference here. But, you know, if Tim Means can get a hold of him a couple times and, again, just fight out of the clinch and, and frustrate Kevin Holland. Uh, I think that, you know, that's, that's the path for Tim Means. Tim Means is also tough enough, I think, to maybe take some shots and, and make this somewhat of a gritty fight. But, uh, ultimately I think too many weapons for Kevin Holland in the arsenal and Kevin Holland wins it for me. All right. Our co-main event is in the lightweight division. This is a fight that, uh, that canceled not too long ago. I can't remember how far back we have to go for, uh, this fight when it originally was scheduled, but, it is Donald, Cowboy, Cerrone, and uh, Joe Lozon. Um, well, I, I got to be honest with you, man. Before we even... I, I, the, my appetite for this fight is um, far less than a co-main event on any fight card. Uh, all that said, <laughs> Cowboy is the minus 165 favorite, plus 135 for Joe.
1: You know, I think I respect these guys so much that um, I'm, I'm cool with it. But, you know, I, I understand how you feel. Um my, especially after the after the fight was canceled, I think my um, desire to see the fight definitely lessened because um, I really don't like the idea of Cowboy cutting down to 155 again. I feel like that, you know, from May, you know, because that fight was just on the last pay per view card, right, uh, the Gaethje Oliveira card, and then it got uh, it got scratched. Um, You know, I I feel like it's a quick turnaround for a for a. uh, It's a quick turnaround for a guy who's kind of I'm not going to say struggled to make weight because I don't feel like he's ever missed weight, but it definitely has an effect on on him on fight day. um, Cutting weight like that. And, uh, you know, it it got to a point where Dana forced him to, to fight at 170, even though a cowboy has wanted to fight at 155 this whole time. But, you know, yeah, I don't like. Um, Cowboy having to cut weight so soon again, especially after the weight miss, so um, I think, and especially with him being a slow starter I think I'm going to go with uh, damn, man I, you know I have so much respect for Cowboy, like I, I was just about to pick against him, Yeah. But then I'm I'm just thinking about all of the all the fights, you know, his skill set, all the kicks and everything. Like Cowboy's been so good for so long, you know. uh... (laughs) All right, man. um, I'm gonna be so mad if uh, this is completely wrong, but I'm gonna go ahead and go Joe Lozon. Oh wow! I, I just, I just think that that weight, the weight cut again, is gonna really have an effect on Cowboy, and uh, I feel like Joe Lozon might get him out of there early. That's my pick.
0: So I picked Cowboy the last time, and I think you I picked too. Cowboy as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going Joe Lozon as well, but, but for a different reason. Listening to a lot of his comments after the, the last fight canceled and everything. I just very much have the feeling, and i I would love to be wrong here. I would love to see Cowboy get it done. I very much have the feeling this is it. This is the final fight in the UFC for Cowboy. I think he's gonna call it quits on Saturday night after this fight's done. And I just kind of get the feeling the desire from him is gone. and the just, you know, I don't know how much he wants to be in there anymore. Uh, and again, this isn't like because of any of his fights or any of that. Like it, I literally hearing his comments in an interview after the last one was, canceled just kind of gave me this vibe like this dude I think is done uh and it completely that's why I'm that's solely the reason I'm going Joe Lowe's on here so I I hope I'm wrong I hope this is a, a vintage cowboy performance but I have a hard time in this sport ever picking somebody that I kind of feel like may not completely be invested in it
1: yeah I I'd actually forgot about those uh about his comments that he made that's another layer to this like it did seem like Cowboy kind of had one foot in and one foot out. Yeah. Um, it kind of seemed like he was preparing for that, for this fight with Lozart to be his last fight. Like, you know, you saw him tearing up in that interview. And then, like, um, he openly admitted that he didn't want to be out there against Conor McGregor. You know, like, I feel like since that fight with with Conor, I don't th- I don't, I'm not for sure if he's won a fight after that, but it kind of seems like since that fight, like, Cowboy has been mentally checked out. Like, we haven't seen the same fun... Cowboy and I'm sure some of that is like the fans have been out with the pandemic and everything, but, um, yeah, man, I, I don't think we've seen the same, uh, cowboy, you know, the, the guy who just loves, loves to be out there, loves to fight. will take a fight at a, at, at the drop of a hat. You know, uh, I think he, uh, is mentally kind of checked out and yeah, yeah, I had forgot about those, about those interviews, but, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I saw a guy who kind of, um, was preparing for this to be it. Yeah. And, uh, Joe Lozon is is a guy who's who still um, has a lot of fight left in him. That so, said Lozon uh,
0: hasn't fought since twenty nineteen. So it's you know it's kind of a, a weird dynamic. But yeah. I mean yeah, even that, if, definitely if, true. octagon rust, I think, is a thing, just if you haven't been in there for that period of time. But at the same time, like the desire to be there to me outweighs potentially um, you know how long you may not time have off. been there. Yeah. So also yeah, and, um before Connor, Cowboy had lost to Tony and Gaethje, and then he lost to Connor. Then he lost to Anthony Pettis. He had the no decision against Nico Price because Nico had a point against him, but you know Nico won that fight. Uh, right. And then Alex, he lost to Alex Morono. So yeah, it's uh, six in a row, basically. I mean, uh, again, no man. contest for the the Nico fight, but you know, if you want to score that and, without the the point deduction, that's a a Nico win, which would be six in a row.
1: Yeah, and, and all these fights, like um, I think the only fight where I felt like I saw someone who wanted to be out there was um, the the Pettis fight. Yeah. But even then, it, it didn't seem like it was, you know, vintage cowboy. You know, yeah. it seemed like he's lost a step. And then on top of that, it seems like he's mentally been checking out. Like as the fights have, have continued to go on, you know, it seems like it, he's more and more mentally checked out. But I hope he can give us one more classic cowboy performance if this is it. Yeah.
0: And maybe the outcome determines if this is it, right? I mean, it could be a Joanna situation where if he wins, he, he may. Keep going, and and if he he loses, then he does it right there inside the octagon. Who knows? But yeah, I, I just I I definitely had the vibe that he was checked out, and, and that to me is a very bad sign. All right, our main event is top ten featherweights: Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett. Uh, Will this has the potential to be a blockbuster of a fight? Uh, I cannot wait to see how this one plays out. Should be a ton of fun. And look, maybe this produces a uh, big time contender for the featherweight belt following Volkanovsky and Max Holloway's trilogy. Calvin Cater's the minus 240 favorite, plus 190 for Josh Emmett.
1: Yeah, man. Um, as soon as this fight was announced, I, you know, I think even before this fight was announced, I think after uh, Calvin Cater beat Giga, we were like, this this would be an amazing fight if Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett fought. Like, uh, I think it's a perfect style matchup uh and it's going to be a lot of fun you know we talk about fight of the year and stuff i think this has potential to be now after what we've seen with glover and, and yuri i'm sure that's this is going to be real tough to follow up uh, a week later but um so you know if this fight was were to happen before um the acl injury like after uh josh shimin had fought shane Burgos. um I think I'd feel a little bit better about this fight on the Josh Emmett side of things. But I I wasn't really impressed by what I saw from him when he fought Dan Ige. I kind of thought he was he fought really cautious. And you know, maybe that has to do with, you know, this is your first fight back from your torn ACL. And I you know, he felt like he needed to get this win, so he played it safe. Um this fight, I don't think he, he can he can play it safe. One, Calvin Cater won't let him. And and two, I think Josh Emmett's best opportunity to win is if this fight is a dirty fight. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm so impressed by what I saw from Calvin Cater when he fought Giga. Um, You know, I, I was under the impression that Giga was kind of going to have his way with, with him. Uh, I thought Giga's arsenal of kicks was going to be the difference, but I think just Calvin Cater just outdogged Giga. Yeah. I mean, Giga's he's, he's skilled, but Calvin Cater showed how much of a dog he is. And coming off of that Max Holloway fight, I think, some of us, you know, wrote off Calvin Cater because of how great Max looked uh, in that fight. But, I mean, Calvin Cater showed us all that he's still uh, a player in this division. And if that fight were to be ran back, I don't. I think Calvin Cater would have a much better chance than he did on that night. Uh, Max Holloway, that was just the best performance. One of the best performances of all time where Max was just clicking on all cylinders. But um, So my pick, obviously, is going to go with Calvin Cater. I'm, I've been really impressed. I was really impressed with what I saw from him. Against Giga and Josh Emmett, you know, I just wonder, you know, how much he's going to let loose. Um, I wonder how comfortable he is with his uh, with his knee after that surgery and everything. So uh, I'm going with Calvin Cater here.
0: I think this is going to be a banger. I think we do see Josh Emmett uh, unleash. Uh, that said, I think the combination of Calvin Cater's pressure and pace that we saw the last time out, mixed with I think just his overall precision. Um, and and technical ability is going to to outperform Josh Emmett. I think the power advantage is on on Emmett's in in Emmett's favor, yeah. but right. uh, you know I don't know how much of a factor that comes into play with uh, again the the just overwhelming amount of pressure and you know just ha- how quick and and precise he is with his shots and you know pumping that jab out there. Um, I, I'm going Calvin Cater as well, but I do expect that this is going to be a fun fight. That uh, both guys will land some big stuff, but ultimately. I think it's calvin cater as the the winner all right man so we uh we are on the opposite side of let's see the first two fights of the night so two points up for grabs could even the scoreboard if it goes in my favor or you could uh, double up if it it goes in your favor almost three almost three but
1: yeah, almost. You thought I was going Cerrone, I could tell. <laughs> oh, I, well, I should say
0: almost four, because I thought you were going to go Cowboy, and then I thought you were about to go Joaquin Buckley, so.
1: Oh, I, yeah, I was really close to Buckley, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right.
0: So, yeah, we were almost on the upside of four, which would have been crazy.
1: Yeah, that, that never happens. Great. Now, how about these prelims, though, man? Like, Adrian Yanez is on this. Oh, yeah. on prelims against Tony Kelly. Now, that fight's going to be a banger. Phil Haas, Duran, Wynn, like. That's th- the first fight of the card. First fight of the card and then uh Dawkins is on this card. Uh Eddie Weiland against Cody Stammen is gonna be great. Like this this yeah. fight this fight card, man, from top to bottom. And it's a it's a rare fight card in front of fans. So they really did their thing with this fight card for sure. Yeah.
0: Um you mentioned Adrian Yanez is uh you know, this will be the as my saying goes, death taxes and bantam weights. This will be the, oh, yeah. the bantam weight <laughs> that uh, once again like reminds us, hey, one hundred thirty five is deep as hell.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh and then t- Tony Kelly looked so good in his last fight. Yeah. Like this is this is not gonna be easy. Like I'm gonna like my pick is with I know we're not making a pick on this fight, yeah. but I think Adrian Giannis is gonna win, but I definitely think that this is gonna be uh one of his tougher um challenges. Cause Tony Kelly looked absolutely incredible against Randy Costa. Well, they, they
0: both have beat Randy Costa, right? <clears throat>
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Giannis is on the is on a crazy winning streak now. seven in a row. So, I mean, he's got all the confidence in the world right now. So, I mean, it's, if he wins this fight, we've got to put him up there uh, against some of these ranked guys. Like uh, all of his fights are always exciting. It, you know, he's always getting uh, finishes, except that David Grant fight was crazy. That it should have been finished at some point, but David Grant is just tough as hell. Yeah. So yeah, um, I fully expect this fight to be fun, but I think Adrien is going to get it done.
0: Really fun fight card from start to finish, especially for a fight night, right? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. The, oh, the prelims yeah. on, on this as a fight night. I mean, this could be a, this could be a pay-per-view prelim and, For sure. or this, these prelims, just take the main card out. These prelims are as good, if not better than a lot of the the pay-per-view prelims that I think we've had this year.
1: Absolutely. Like Kyle, Kyle Dawkins and Roman say, like that's one of the early fights on the, on the prelim card, but that fight has potential. Yeah. Like Phil Haas is always fun. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Wineland and Cody Staman, that should be a fun fight. So yeah, man, uh, these prelims are going to be great. And then the, the main card, should be even better man absolutely fun fight all right my friend enjoyed it uh f-
0: good to finally get all that ufc 275 stuff off my chest because uh that was uh, a wild
1: one on saturday night yeah man just i mean i i was spent after that <laughs> fight card man like uh the the roller coaster of the main event Joanna retiring uh getting knocked out the the valentina possibly losing like that fight night was incredible definitely fight of, fight card of the year and it's going to be tough to top that one man uh it was a, it was a fantastic fight card
0: i was so spent i fell asleep watching um yuri prohaska's press conference press like, <laughs> at, like five minutes into that thing i was out I just fell asleep I, I had nothing left so there you go right all right buddy we'll catch up again next week
1: all right man good luck Okay. it's over.